Hello and welcome to another episode of Theories and Thoughts Podcast with your host is Anya and Fancy. Hey Fancy girl, how's it going? Well, it's going good. It's a new month, so I'm excited about that. How are you? Women History Month. Right. Um, what was I saying? I'm good. I'm good. Do you hear that feedback? No. Oh, I was hearing feedback. Anywho, I am good. So how was your weekend? How was your weekend? Not long enough. That's how it seems. Like I just was so drained. Um, but what I'm kind of realizing is like as I'm getting older, like PMS is more I be more tired now, you know? And so when I was trying to figure out why I was just like, I really couldn't, I got up and cleaned up and then I really didn't do much else. I did some work, but it was like light, but I really also had said I wasn't going to do any work because my goal is to stop working on the weekends. That is what I'm trying to work towards, but it was just some stuff. I was just like, okay, I got to touch on it, but it was a good weekend though. Um, I just, you know, just me and Netflix really. How about you? Um, so Saturday, so Friday, I went to karaoke at a, well, it wasn't karaoke. I'm lying. I went to a hookah bar. I was a part of this group, girl. I didn't got out of it now. You know how I am about these groups. It, I just seen some mess yesterday and I just was like, yeah, I'm good on this. Um, however, I, I had hung out with some of the, some of the people out the group. I was about to say some of the kids out the group. And um, we went there and we had a good time. We had a good time. I really enjoyed myself um, hanging out with them. And it was at a hookah lounge. I don't smoke hookah. But, of course, I danced the whole damn night. Because <laughs> I like to dance. I am definitely that person that likes to dance. So that's that on that. Oh, so Saturday, Rose Simmons. We've um she's actually she was actually one of our um business people that we got in her business on a deep dive. She actually had her pre-launch to her expansion. So I went and supported and I enjoyed myself. I wasn't there very long, but for the time that I was there, because I had to work, the time that I was there, I really enjoyed myself. Like I really, you know, I mean, but I love her. I love her, um, the girls that work with her, all of that. Like, I really like them. So, like, genuinely like them. Um, we got to figure out a way to get Jessica on the show. She asked. She was like, when am I going to get on? I, I want to come on y'all podcast. But you met Jessica. Yeah, I remember Jessica. Yeah, she was like, I want to come on your podcast. I'm like, girl, what you going to talk about? <laughs> That's what I always ask people who say, I want to come on your podcast. Okay, what you want to talk about? I mean, she didn't ask me that that night, but she's asked me. Um, and I love her energy. So, she'll be good. We just got to figure out what she's going to come talk about. Um, huh? I said she does a lot. She does. So gotta pick pick one of the things that she do. <laughs> um, so I got a chance to do that. I am really, really, really trying to make sure I network this year. Like go to different things. You and I have talked about this, you know, being intentional about um supporting other people. Right. And everything's and Ro is definitely a big supporter. You know, she you know, she looks out and different things. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure I was there in the building and everything. At first, I got a media pass and then I was like, no, I'm going to pay for a ticket and I pay for a ticket because that that's important. That's important. Yeah. You know, even in media, I'm like, I'm not going to be there that long. And I didn't get the other information that she had sent out for media. 
And I was like, it's late in the day. Like it was Thursday. And she had some stuff that she wanted um, posted. And I had never got the post. So I was like, don't worry about it, girl. I'm just going. <laughs> like, I'm like, girl, don't worry about it. I'm just going to buy a ticket. And I bought a ticket. The ticket price was reasonable, I think. Like 50 maybe. I don't remember. And I was really nice to you and thoughtful because a lot of other people would not have done that. And people use, like, people abuse media passes. So that's why it's hard for other people to get them. Just saying. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it was dope. It was a dope event. I can't wait for her real, her real lunch and everything. Um, the expansion looks really good. Um, <clears throat> I even mentioned to you an event that we're trying to put together. It will be great to be there and different things. And she had free food. She had the photographer, the DJ, and all of that. So, you know, you want to pour into businesses right. and different things like that. So that was the... That sounds nice. It was. It really was. Um, I've been real... I don't know what the problem is. Empathic. I've been feeling, um, pulling somebody's energy, girl, so... I needed to just get out and move around, around, you know, positive energy. So I don't feel that. So into. Yeah. All right. So tonight, you guys. So in news this week, we have a black woman. She's not the first. Is she the first black woman? Um, the I feel like I should know this. Are we talking about the judge? Yeah. To be nominated. Yes. To my knowledge. Um, so help me with her name, Fancy. Oh, I think it's Katanji Jackson Brown. Okay. Miss Katanji Jackson Brown has been nominated for um for a Supreme Court seat. Now, I'm bringing this up right now because some people may not have noticed that she's married to a white man. And it was brought to my attention, and I, of course, I had to go look um, to see. To see now, we know that Kamala's married to a white man as well, and we always talk about black men when they get in position of power that they go out and marry a white girl. So the theory and thought question of tonight is: Do black women, when they're in prominent positions, do they marry white as well? List your thoughts in the comments, your theory and thought in the comment, and also list where you're where you're not calling from, <laughs> where you're um looking in it. Um, so you want to go first? Well, as far as my thought about yeah, it, what you said um, was interesting. Well, actually, because I discovered it when I've um. I ended up seeing this headline about like her being related to Paul Ryan. And so I was like, wait, how would she be related to Paul Ryan if, you know, so I was, so that's what made me like curious. And then when I looked, it was something like his, um, his wife is her husband's twin sister or something like that. So I was like, oh, but then I was like, wait a minute now. And I always say her name wrong. Y'all, the VP. I ain't about to. Kamala. Vice President Harris, because I always say her name wrong. Um, it made me think about her being, you know, in an interracial marriage as well. And it did make me wonder, like, OK, is this like, does he find, 
you know, like, do he feel like black women that are married to white men are better to work with? Like they, they can better conform or, you know, I, or they better get whatever the system is. It just, it stood out to me. It was something I was trying to ignore, but then the fact that you also had observed it, I was like, okay. And I hadn't really saw anybody else talking about it, but I do think it is a little weird. You know, I, um, I don't have the time, but I would love to know if any of the other uh, black women who were, you know, once mentioned before as potential candidates, if any of them are actually married or married to white men, you know, and is that where his decision came from? Because I think while it's it's not important, it kind of is, you know, like it, it it's like it's starting to be a pattern. So if he if he nominates anybody else or puts anybody else in a position, <laughs> not married to a black man. And we know it's something going on there. There's, those are just my thoughts. I, I love how you would, would, would I, um, when we were kind of discussing this, Fancy don't like to discuss beforehand. <laughs> but one thing that I wanted you to say was, well, you you pretty much said it. You was like, do Biden only, <laughs> do Biden only, only like black women who were married to white men? And my thought is, do he find them less threatening? Yes, I heard you say that word, and I didn't want to repeat it, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it, but yeah, I will, yeah. I, that is a great way to describe it. Do he find that they're less threatening? Um, and, You know, my naive mind wants to think, you know what, maybe that's all, you know, maybe that's all that was around these women at the top, and this, that, and the third, but I mean... Love is love, and I'm never gonna talk about when who nobody should love because I really don't care. It ain't my my business. I'm at my love story, but it is. I am curious to know. So now I'm gonna go find out, and I'm gonna text you later and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna text you later and tell you. And then I'll post this question because I've been trying to make sure I post um, oh. the questions of the week. Um, on our page, and I'm gonna put it in the comments there to okay. find out. Are are these black women? Are they all married to white white men? So yeah, I put that in there. Thank you, Christian. I don't know who you say um, look gorgeous, but we both are looking gorgeous tonight. So thank you, baby. <laughs> and you know, I just it, it, I kind of wonder though if maybe there are more women you know and we just don't realize it because they hadn't been in a spotlight in their way you know that was just one thing i considered but it is i i really didn't realize there were so many black women mar married to white women, uh men but if you look on instagram though i don't know why i seem like instagram is loves to show me interracial couples like <laughs> it really it, it really does i don't know if you've ever noticed that like in the um when you go to the explore page or anything it's like you know or when they're suggesting posts for you that's all they suggest to me. Like, okay, I'm gonna black man. He bought me this shirt. Okay. Speaking <laughs> like, of your shirt, <laughs> hey Danae, are they in that position because they are married to white men? And that's the question. That's the question, too, Danae. That 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 is definitely the question. Like, that's why Fancy was like, is he only nominating or picking women who are married to white men? That is definitely the question. Nevada says you can't fake love. The black queens are educated, are self-esteem all about um, all by themselves. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We're not saying we're not taking away from nothing that they got going on. The question is, we always like you always hear these ball players and these men who make a little money. When they get a little money, they date white women. 
So that's where the question came from, from just seeing that this woman was married to, is married to a white man. So you ladies put your, um, you know, put, y'all can put um, in the comments also where y'all from. Next up news, speaking of your shirt, boo, Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Y'all know I'm from New Orleans. I did not go down. And a lot of people was like, you're not going to go. Your uncle is King Zulu. King Zulu, if y'all from New Orleans, y'all know anything, Zulu is really big down there. Um, but I had some other things. I was trying to buy a house. I'm going to just be honest with you. I wanted to ride on the float. I got the information. And then I got convicted in my spirit, like, you want to buy a house. And that money can be going towards your house. So that's why I did not ride. I did not go because I had not, I, I was not going to go. I really don't like Mardi Gras like that. But Chloe wanted to go. So I was going to try to go. Then Chloe got jury duty on Monday, this past Monday. She had jury duty. So that kind of sealed the deal why we didn't go to Mardi Gras. So congratulations again to my Uncle Rudy. Um, congratulations to everybody who marched. Um, everybody that was posting, y'all look so good. It looked, it was a clear day. It looks really nice. You know, growing up, Mardi Gras wasn't that big of a deal for me and my family, mm -hmm. I guess for my mom, my mom worked a lot sometimes. And so like we would catch the last parade, like she'll come get me and we'll go catch the last parade or we'll catch Zulu, um, at the Treme, me and my aunts and everybody. So it wasn't that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people from New Orleans, it was. They went, they walked, did everything. We didn't do all that. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Did you say, uh, Ezra, are you saying you're watching from the Bahamas? Is that what you I know. That's what I was thinking it was, the Bahamas. That's really cool. Thank you for tuning in. Good night. Thank you for tuning in. Congratulations to Anthony Anderson, who will be graduating Howard this spring. I know he picked Howard and he went to Howard because he wants to graduate with his son. I think that is so hella dope. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that is so hella dope. Congratulations to him on that honor. So the Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court. Um House, the House finally passed a bill making lynching a federal hate crime. Now, it has been in the House for 200, I want to say 200 times. 200 times it got denied. I don't understand why it got denied, lynching being a hate crime. But now it has passed. I personally am thankful. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't... Why wouldn't it pass before? And I know it was still, um, I mean, and there's probably been even more, but possibly even been even, you know, other ones um, throughout the time. But I know, wasn't there like a lynching just a few years ago in Texas? I'm they like, had a lot of lynching all at one time. It was like a bunch of lynchings was happening. One was in California. One was in um, Texas. They had them um, like, at least five. It was a cluster of them. Oh. It was a lot of them. And it was, yeah. But I, 
I, I was gonna say our guest Carrie Lee, who's on and waiting. Um, she's even saying, I think she's saying that there was even one last year. So wow. So that is oh, really wow. Great. Wow. So going back to okay, so Danae speaking on the topic just now. Danae says because they have to recognize they they have to recognize us as humans. That is so true, Danae, because they still don't really think of us as equal, as human, as none of that. They still feel like we're nothing. And I, I anyway. The veter, um, going back to um, our question of the night, the veter said they marry men who were in in the circle, education level, and they mind, minded uh, and like minded in political beliefs. The difference with the black football players are the pick they pick a lot of times trophy queens. By the way, I'm from Rockford. Okay. Okay, and that is true. That's the way to look at it. And that's what I was saying. Maybe they picked these men to marry because that's who was around them. Education, school, and different things. Because I did not check to see what school little mama went to. I was going to say, she was uh, she went to Harvard. So okay. we talk about that. I thought about that because I know she was on like the Harvard uh, Law Review. So, so okay. yeah, that's a good yeah. observation, Davida. Yeah, Davida. But you know what? Kamala went to Howard. <laughs> That's a bunch Initially, of I almost said she went to Howard. Then I was like, no, they said Harvard. <laughs> but yeah, well, I thought about it. Yeah, Kamala went to Har Howard, but probably undergrad. Um, probably she went to Howard in undergrad. Her um Grad school, she probably went somewhere else that you know, and, and that's true. That's true. That's a good that's a good point. So that's all that we have for news. Thank right. you, ready to roll the commercial. Yep. And y'all, don't forget, you can check out the show. I know it says on Exposure Out, but just letting you all know it is the Exposure Out, which is free to download. Now, here we go to the commercial. You know, and I had a chance to just talk talk to her and tell her. And she was like, well, you do it all this and third. And I say, I have to. <laughs> Drop the mister. Just call me Rick. Hey, Rick. Okay. Hey, girl. I don't need nothing. No, see, you don't need to work on that. Maybe this right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's so fancy. What the... <laughs> Well, thank y'all for joining us for this episode of Theories and Thoughts Deep Dive. Yes, episode, um, seasons one and two are on the Exposure TV app. You can find that now. Okay. Hi. Pronounce your name for me, please. Carolee. Carolee, because I was calling you something all the way different. And then you just said something. I was like, okay, well, I'm wrong. Um, tonight, we have a guest, Ms. Carolee, who will be telling us all about her business, Read with Carolee. So welcome to Theories and Thoughts Podcast. And please tell our audience about yourself. Thank you. Well, I am um, a, a children's author and diversity in 
children's literature advocate um, in Northern Virginia. I reside in Northern Virginia. And um, I also have a show called Read with Carolee. You see it all over. <laughs> um, it's a show that really promotes diverse authors uh, from all around the world. I actually started this show prior to the pandemic, just a few months prior to the pandemic. And, you know, it was, it, it started out as just a grassroots show, um, kind of a spinoff of Reading Rainbow. And, but I had authors that actually came into a live studio and we had, you know, children in our audience. And of course they had to be local because Unfortunately, I don't have the budget yet to fly authors in. But um, with the pandemic, um, instead of shutting down, I took it to a format, you know, similar to this, recording with authors from all around the world, getting to know them, getting to have them interact with children. And really, it, it gave an outlet because schools were closed, libraries were closed, and it really gives an outlet for children to be able, children and parents and educators to be able to um, find new books and also gives a kind of a deep dive into um, the authors that write the books. And I, as a children's author myself, I want to ensure that the books that my children are reading are not just books that someone just said, oh, okay, I want to make some money. Let me write a book. I want to know that there is passion and thought behind the books that are being written. So that's one of the reasons why I created Read with Carolee. Um, you know, I, I saw a need and thankfully we were able to meet that need. And we've been running uh, for three seasons now um, with over, uh, I think, probably about 120 shows right now. So it, it's it's been awesome to be able to uh, connect with the audience. And it's awesome to be, to be here um, with you as well. That is awesome. At first, I was like, maybe she's an English teacher. Uh, that was my thought. That was my thought in the beginning. I was like, maybe she's an English teacher and she just loves literature and things like that. Thank you so much for explaining that. Yes. Um, Fancy, did you have something? No, um, I'm just, you know, I'm still, uh, although I've worked with Carolee, I have, I'm still learning more about her. And so even I didn't realize that the show had only been out, you know, since a little before the pandemic. So I think that it's really cool that you, um, you know, pivoted and came up with a new format and was able to do that. Um, I'm curious, like how, how do you choose your guests or how do you choose your authors that you're going to spotlight? Well, uh, the authors, you know, they send their books in to me um, and I go over the books. Um, and honestly, I have a little, my little partner in crime, <laughs> my eldest son, who was actually the catalyst for me even becoming an author. Uh, he reads a lot of the books and, you know, he gives his approval or his disapproval. Uh, but one of the main things that I, um, that I think about with reading or, or choosing an author is the subject something that um, my audience, like, is it something that I would feel comfortable with my child learning from someone else? You know, 
I, I know that there are a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a diversity and inclusion advocate for children's literature. And I know that there are still a lot of subjects out there, which my audience of ages two to nine may not be able to um, digest yet. So, you know, I, I pick my books according to that. You know, I'm not, I'm not coming into someone's um, home and telling them, you must do this with your children. I, with the subjects that we approach, it's really subjects that you can't like unsee, you know, um, with children that may have disabilities, children in wheelchairs, children that are of different skin color. That's something that it's right out there. It's in front of your children, you know, try to find a way to talk about it. But I tend to steer um, away from even like sexuality, because that's something that I feel that children should be taught from their parents. Not mm -hmm. <laughs> Agree. I agree. I love it because this is being a, a person that's dyslexic. This is something that would have been, I mean, what they had reading Rainbow when I was around. Mm -hmm. um, and I was telling someone earlier, I was telling my best friend, I was like, yeah, we have someone coming on. I said, I, I, it puts me in the mind of PBS. <laughs> and I was like, reading Rainbow. So I was in the wheelhouse. I was in the yes. wheelhouse. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, I, I mean, I absolutely love the concept. I love the idea of it all. So when you, um, and, and one thing about me is also, I like to know the backstory of the author as well. Yes. Any book that I'm listening to, because I, I listen to books now, when I'm listening, I want to know the backstory. And if they mention a book within the book that I'm re I'm listening to, I'm like, okay, let me, let me go okay, find it. Yeah. So when did you get started? How, when you got started, how did that look? You were just on Facebook, you was on YouTube. How did you start? Like, what did, what, what steps did you take? Well, um, for me becoming an author, that started with my son who was approached on, um, on the playground while he was in kindergarten. And he was, I'm told by another classmate um, who was of the same color that he should only be playing with children of his same skin color. Well, that would have been really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> we live in Northern Virginia. I'm like, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> but where there were plenty of black right. people around, but we live in Northern Virginia. And, you know, that's not something that I had actually approached my son about because he just played with everyone. My, my son is very carefree <laughs> and he plays with everyone. He wants to be everyone's friend. So when he came and said that to me, I'm like, that kind of broke my heart. Um, especially since, you know, I, I come from a mixed family. My mother was very light skinned, very fair skinned. And, you know, some people would say that she could pass. Um, but, and, you know, I, I said to him, well, I asked him, you know, what, color is grandma? And he said, peach. And I said, what color am I? And he said, brown. And I'm like, okay, well, she's my mother. You know, you can, we are all in the same family. She's your grandmother. She loves you. You can play with other children. So um, that's where, you know, my first book, I, I don't know if everyone can see it. Everyone just like, me. Um, well, where, oh, let me see if I could pivot it a little. Oh, nope. Wrong. 
That's the, okay. <laughs> right there. Yeah. So that's where the inspiration for that first book came about because I wanted to teach my son that it's okay to play with children of different races. And, you know, it's not okay if everyone looked the same or wanted the same things. It would be a boring world. So that's how that came about. And of course, going, you know, I started going to schools and doing author visits and I had children coming up to me and running and, you know, saying, oh, you know, because they saw me, you know, they wanted to be an author and they wanted to write a story. So I, I saw how they lit up and I was like, I didn't have that when I was growing up. I didn't have authors coming into my school. It, you don't have that all the time. Mm. And that connection between an author and um, their audience, I'm like, that's a very powerful connection. You know, if someone, you know, a child comes and sees me and they're like, okay, that, I guess that mis that mystifying thing that comes out of their mind and then they see that a normal person, a regular person can be an author, that opens them up to be able to say, I want to be an author too, or I can do this, I can do that. And for some, it really helps them to even want to read because now they're seeing the person behind the book, knowing that that person really wanted to have a connection with them and wanted to teach them. So um, that's really what started it for me. Um, and, you know, having that connection and like you said, having that reading rainbow, I loved reading rainbow growing up. I researched and saw that um, it wasn't going to be coming back. So I jumped at the idea and I said, you know what, let's, let's go with this and let's, it, it's been snowballing since then. And I really feel that um, this is, you know, part of my purpose in going into this. So um, and you asked if I was uh, possibly an English teacher. I'm not an English, I'm not a teacher, but my mother um, was a educator for many years and she was actually, actually a literacy coach um, before she retired uh, and unfortunately passed. But, you know, I'm glad she was able to see this start to flesh out and come to life. Right. So when you started Read with Carolee, what did that look like? The, the broadcast side. Yes. So we started in um, a coffee shop here in Northern Virginia, Jirani Coffee House. And they had a setup where they were having um, people who wanted to have a podcast come in. Oh. So they had like, you know, cameras and everything set up. Um to where you could actually come and utilize it. And, uh, you know, I was friends with the owners. Um, you know, we went to the, uh, go to the same church. So I pitched the idea to him and he said, go have at it. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, getting everything together, it was um, a little nerve wracking, but having the support of, uh, you know, friends and, the authors that were coming up and like, I, I honestly just put out a request on Facebook saying anyone who knows any children's authors, 
let me know I'm doing a project. And they came in, it was, it was, they came in like crazy. I had 26 authors signed up before I even taped one day of the show. Wow. That is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, and exposure for them too. So exactly. Yes. And actually just, um, I do know that that is, uh, well, is it okay? I don't know if you, are you still planning your tour? I wanted to kind of. Uh, yes, we, we are still planning the tour. You know, it's going to be, you know, me going out on the road and getting authors to get that exposure. Because one thing, one thing that kind of helped authors with the pandemic was, okay, most people were working from home. They were able to do Zoom visits. They were able to get themselves out there a little bit more, but still schools, you know, unfortunately uh, teachers aren't, they're working, they're working overtime now. So they're not looking at Instagram during the day and seeing what authors are out there. They're not searching for that. They're searching for, you know, trying to find ways to help their kids to learn. So they may not know, you know, the authors that are right in their backyard. So I am going out and connecting with um, other authors and kind of having um, a, I, I kind of want to call it like an author party where the authors come and they read their books and engage with the audience. So, you know, we're going to go out. Um, we're still planning on doing that this summer. Um, we may have to scale it back depending on how everything goes with COVID, but that is still the plan. And we, we're hoping to really get out and get these authors some exposure and let authors what let teachers, educators, and parents know who are the authors that are right in their backyard. That's a really great opportunity, I think, for authors. And then especially um, the fact that you're trying to include the teachers as well, yes. because that is a good resource for, for them. And I don't think a lot of a lot of authors may actually even think of reaching out, to, you know, to teachers or having that type of connection with them to be able to get their books, you know, more in front of children. Yes. And so, um, like, what are some things that just from what you've been doing so far, because you have been doing well with it, because it is still promo for the author. Um, what do you kind of see that a lot of authors struggle with when it comes to promotion? Well, definitely knowing how to um, promote themselves. Uh, when I, of course, I, I self-published, but I went through the self-publishing um, arm of Simon & Schuster, which is Archway Publishing. So they had a package for me that where I could have been able to get um, their marketing department to uh, help them out. Well, to help me out, to get my name out there. Of course, that costs. And a lot of authors, yes, they're using social media and, and that is one avenue. But, you know, you got to really be able to get that, get yourself out there. And the one thing, um, I guess, with me, well, it, it doesn't always work for me, but it works for me helping others. I'm actually a marketing manager by day. So, you know, coming and doing this, it, you know, I... I could promote anybody else all day, <laughs> not always promote myself. But, you know, like I said, that's one of the things that some authors don't 
um, think about. They they hear, okay, let me get my book in a, a bookstore. Let me, you know, get my book here, get my, it's not really about you getting your book in a store. It's being able to connect with your audience. You know, if you're, um, you have to find what your niche is. And that's uh, how I was really able to get myself out there a bit more because um, from the beginning, I saw myself, you know, working for diversity mm -hmm. and I haven't swayed from that. I'm, you know, I didn't come in championing diversity as I am now, but in doing my research and reading more, I was able to say, okay, well, yes, absolutely. My book does help with diversity. That's what I, I wanted it to do. So that's the path that I'm going to take and really um, go out there and really fight for uh, diversity in children's literature. Like, especially now, like in the past two years, thankfully, we seem to be climbing a little bit higher. Um, in 2019, there were only 11% of books that were written that um, featured a, an, a protagonist of color. Now we're up to 13.5. So, you know, I credit, kind of credit the pandemic for this because right. it, it gave people it, the the chance to go out and say, okay, you know what? I can possibly do this. I can go and tell my story. I can go and write a book. But um, like I said, you know, a lot of authors, especially a lot of new authors, they don't know how to market themselves. And with Read With Carolee, um, I feel that it's my opportunity to give them that chance to be able to push themselves out there in, in a space where they may not have thought about. So you said that it wasn't your goal to when you set out to do diversity and inclusion. Did something happen to cause you to say, you know what, I'm definitely going to go that route. I know you have a book that does that is diversity, but was yeah. there something that caused it? Well, definitely um, the George Floyd murder. That was really what was the catalyst because um of course, you know, my my book is about embracing differences and um it and it really is about diversity, but I didn't know the statistics then, you know, after the George Floyd murder, it, you know, and having to talk to my my children about that, like I have two young brown boys. <laughs> so I I needed to really talk to them about that. And I'm like, okay, yes, I have my book, but I wanted to find other books that would be able to teach them about inclusion and diversity. And then really looking, looking into that um, and actually also being um, I am also a board member with the, uh, with reading is fundamental Northern Virginia and really going and researching because of all of that, um, I was able to go and find the statistics and I was shocked and appalled <laughs> that in 2020, like we're in the 21st century and it's still so low. I thought that we were, you know, I think a lot of people thought that we were getting somewhere with the election of Barack Obama, but to see that 
in other places it lacks so much and it's just like okay there's that shellac over it over it because okay yeah we won in one area but we know we need to win in all areas right yeah so also um read with carrie lee i know that you recently obtained yeah. your 501 See, three. I, 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 like, I yeah. can write it, y'all, but when I'm trying to say it, all <laughs> it just comes together. I don't know why. But congratulations on receiving that profit. So, um, like, tell us a little bit about that, like, as far as the organizational side. What are, what are your plans for that? Yes. As far as the organizational side, you know, our main focus is being able to champion um, diversity in children's literature, really trying to foster that relationship between, you know, authors and children. But you know, I want to um, really dive into the diversity aspect of it, because, of course, diversity for me, Definitely. And the definition really is not just about race. It's about, you know, um, getting books out there about children with differing abilities, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting getting books out there that teaches children about other children that may have dyslexia or may have, you know, another learning impediment. Because, of course, when I was growing up, um, those children were in special ed. And those children would be teased because of the class that they were in. Like they were always put to the back and they, you know, rode the special buses and everything like that. So they didn't really get to commingle. And of course, growing up, you would see, I'm like, I would see, you know, little children pointing at, you know, someone that may have a disability and saying, oh, mommy, what's that? Or, you know, and I, I'm saying that, you know, if, if we're going to teach children diversity and inclusion, a lot of that gets taught in like the middle and high school age. And that like that doesn't really, of course, now being a parent, like that doesn't um, sit well that we're teaching that in middle and high school. We need to teach that at the beginning when the cognitive right. learning is going on. Yeah, when all of those children are being bullied and they're being looked down upon because they may learn differently or may look differently. But now you're seeing on the news, you're seeing all these people that, you, you know, um, like a woman that doesn't have limbs, she doesn't have arms or legs, but she's a beautiful painter. Right. Like, you're seeing them do all of these magnificent things and they've been doing it because they had to work. They well, they felt that they had to work harder than everyone else because everyone else was normal and they were not. But no, we there really is no normal. Right. <laughs> you know, there really is no normal. I'm like, if we were all normal, then we will all look the same, act the same, and do the same things. And to see some of these um, now young adults and adults that are doing such amazing things in spite of what the cards that have been dealt to them. And you have someone that may be looking down on them because they weren't taught that, you know, we're all the same. We just have different things that like we should embrace our differences instead of looking down on each other because of our differences. So that's that's one of the things that, you know, I really am passionate about and really want to go ahead 
and ensure that it happens where we have um, authors writing about uh, children that are disabled, if, even if it's the children or the adults um, writing about that themselves. Um, or, you know, I had a mother who her son had cerebral palsy and mm. she wrote about how he communicates. You know, a lot of people may say, okay, well, he doesn't, he doesn't talk, so he doesn't communicate. She is, you know, he may not be verbal, right? Communicating. And that is what I feel that we need for our children, especially at young ages, so that they don't grow up and think that they are either superior or become bullies because of um, other children that don't look think or act like them. I love it. Me too. I was about to say I, I love it because it gives those it gives a voice. Yes. So right. a community that may not have gotten a voice before. Um I didn't know that I was dyslexic per se. I've listen, I diagnosed myself. But I could just remember being in high school and skipping words and you know I hated I hated word problems because I would have to read them over and over for comprehension. Yeah. And then um, in high school, we had, you know, you have to read in, in, in class and people would talk about it because I will read so slow and then I'm messing up different things. But now it's more open. And one thing I always say, if you want to, if you want to change the world, you have to start, you know, yes. so this is like absolutely awesome. Yeah. everything that you're doing and um yeah. i'm loving it and you know it's relatable it's so relatable you know a parent who who they have an outlet to talk about their child like you said the mother yes. has an outlet to talk about how special her child is that is beautiful yes and you know i i believe all all children need to you know see things like this um one of the thing, one of the thoughts that I have right now is, you know, um, we have so many different cultures that are the, in this one United States, and we may all like celebrate just the regular things differently, like our birthdays. You know, there's so many different cultures and so many different. Um, uh, uh, the word is, I'm losing the word right now, but there there are so many different traditions that oh. we have in, you know, our just, I would say small United States because, you know, what, like Facebook and everything, social media has made it so small. It is and, very so, small. Like we're three, three black women here on this, on this platform right now, but I'm sure we have, we all have three different traditions where, it, when it comes to celebrating birthdays. So um, it, it's, it's, that's all a part of the, the, the diversity mix. And just because your family does it like this, that doesn't mean that it's unnatural or not normal for your family to, to do it a different way. Right. Well, you've given us lots of information and I absolutely love your platform. I love why you started it, just all of those different things, just to get your son, you know, to understand that it is okay to play with other people. Why would a child, you know what, children, children say the darnest things. Um, but, you know, they, they get it. They get it from home. 
Yes. Yeah. So we, we have to we have to start doing better for our children. Yes, we do. Is there anything that we did not touch that you want to make sure we talk about? Um, I I, I think we kind of covered a lot of it. Like, well, the the only thing. Um, so okay, yeah, I am the tutu queen. <laughs> Let us see. Uh, yes. Well, I. I can't really stand up right now, but I have my, my okay. tutu, um, and I I always have my tutu. That that is my Read with Carolee trademark. Um, and you know the the way that I even came up with that um, before even going into the show, I didn't want to just go on an author visit as a mom. You know, there are so many kids that like they'll they'll see me. Um, of course, I've gone to my son's schools. And they're like, oh, you know, you're so-and-so's mom. And I was just like, okay, all right. I need to find something to be able to go and present myself as an author to children so that I can connect with them. And I love tutus. <laughs> like, and this gives me an excuse to wear a tutu everywhere yeah. I go. <laughs> I love it. And it's a, it's a trademark and I never forget it. Yes, you pretty absolutely. much trademarked yourself, and you made yourself very. Um, what's the word? Like it's it's ingrained in them. Like that lady came and talked to me, and she had on a tutu, <laughs> and it's fun. I love a tutu, girl. Yes. So you guys can contact Miss Carolee at www.readwithcarolee, C A R Y L E E dot com. Instagram is readwithcarolee, R E A D. W I T H R A Y L E E. Sorry, I, I get it. Listen, um, that's why audio listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, thank you for having me. Much success, especially on the tour and everything. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, like going to libraries and stuff because I know they kind of have reading sessions too. Uh -huh. so, that'd be so dope. That's gonna be dope. I don't have no kids, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can still. I'm sure you have uh, um, nieces and nephews and yeah. friends, kids, godchildren, friends, kids, <laughs> friends, kids, friends, yeah. kids. Well, okay. Well, um, fancy unless you guys don't have anything else. No. Um, well, I wait because I have some uh, comments. I did just want to. A knowledge um, before Carolee leaves. I see Tiffany Nicole, Lady Tiffany Nicole said, hello, Queens. Um, also, Jamil was dropping links and he dropped some links for Carrie Lee's features. And then Karen Bridges Draper said, beautiful, beautiful story. And Thank Karen you. also said, um, speaks his great pl platform and conversation, ladies. Yeah. Augustine. Furniture said, okay, I'm not certain of what, but then also thank you um, again, Karen. She said, be well, ladies. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. So people just was giving you some love, Miss Carolee. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Yes. Okay. That is awesome. Especially to have it, um, a black woman, you know, doing it because that brings in inclusion on in this own you know we were just talking about how we don't we're not looked at as humans right you know it's also looked like you know it's always thought that we're not intelligent as well so for her to be an author and you know bringing other authors along and touching on something that is very prevalent right now in our community that is just great 
Yep. And then she's so creative with it. I love, I love how you know she runs the brand. So yeah. She's, well, she's really a marketing <laughs> manager. It yeah. makes sense. Karen says, sending love. Welcome. So proud of you, ladies. Keep pushing. Stay encouraged. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tonight I have one um, addicted to results. This is one of my classmates' brands. I I've, I wore it last season. Um, if you have a shirt, an earring, a hat, anything that you want us to wear <laughs> on the show, y'all hit me. Hit us up. Hit us up at theories and thoughts at ladyceo.com. If you would like to be a guest on the show, you can hit us up at ladies, um, not ladyceo. At theories and thoughts at ladycl.com. Um, questions, comments, whatever. T H E O R I E S A N D T H O U G H T S at ladycl. Lady spell with the I dot com. Can I send you skincare? Sure. Sure. Send um email the link and we'll get you the information that you need. Um, if you would like to contact me, www.ladyceo.com on platforms. I am Lady CEO, and my email address is a r n y a at lady spelled with an i ceo.com. So it's l a d i ceo.com. Hey, Erin. I thought you was in um New Orleans, girl. <laughs> That's all I have for the moment. Oh, we have a walk of a woman this Thursday. This is the first Thursday of the month. We do have a walk of a woman this Thursday. It will be via Zoom until we can be outside. Because um, my co my co um, founder she don't really want to be in a place, you know, because of COVID and everything. So we're we're trying to wait till it get a little bit warmer so we can go on somebody's patio. So. Excuse me, if you want to know any more information about the walk of a woman, we have the walk of a woman um, dash DFW and the walk of a woman dash Sacramento. Both of them are on Facebook. They're Facebook groups. Join, find out about the community. That's all I got. All right. And um, I am, I was trying to see if my boyfriend had texted me the name of this boutique because it's on his route. So I know it's like near Sigan, but um, it is a local boutique and I'm trying to show y'all my shirt. So cute. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I think it's really cute because it's like actually like a blouse and it's actually warm and comfortable. So, so yeah, so um, I'll probably wear this for every Mardi Gras <laughs> until for the next few years. Um, and hopefully I'll get to make it to my Mardi Gras next year. But um, you guys can find me on all things um, Swagger Magazine. Uh, Swagger.net is our website. And then for my personal sites, it is uh, Linktree Fancy Thoughts. I'm Fancy Swagger on Instagram. I do invite you all to follow me, especially if, if you are um, a business owner in need of more visibility or you're looking for strategies. And if so, then I also suggest when you follow me on Instagram or if you go to Linktree, um, get on my email list because I'm always sharing um, not only strategies, but also opportunities, whereas you can get your business featured in the different outlets that I have. Um, some of those are paid, but some of those are also free. So you never know what I'm going to do. Like, hey, I need a so-and-so, so-and-so for this. And then I also um, want to mention that, thank you, Aaron, that um, we are hosting our uh, Her Money Matters panel on March 30th, um, it's going to be a, like a series of panels 
one is going to be about personal finances and then the other one is going to be about business finances. And we will have um, 10 business women uh, all within the financial field who are going to be our panelists. So you all can uh, get your tickets as well as if you're interested in vending, because it will be a live virtual event, but we, but we'll have um, virtual vending tables. And then you can also um apply for sponsorships or if you're interested in being a panelist or if you know of someone who because Aaron I know that you work in media right or branding that you might know of some women who might um might make a good panelist for the uh for one of the panels then they can also visit the link that I just dropped in the comments and it seems like it's I'm having some issues with it on Facebook that's what I'm doing trying to get it to show on Facebook okay there it is Okay, so you all can um, check out that article and all the links, whether vendor, sponsor, panelists, all of those are in there. And then we're going to soon be announcing who our um, hostess or hostess is. I'm thinking I'm just going to have one hostess, but we'll be announcing more updates and developments on the event really soon. So if you aren't um, on our Swagger Magazine newsletter, then I invite you all to sign up for that. And you can just do that by visiting the website and a little pop-up comes up. But um, yeah, that's everything that I have going on. Oh, our new issue also dropped yesterday. My bad. <laughs> so the favorite and fit issue is finally available. Um, you can uh, pre you can pre order on the website as well. I don't have the link for that, but if you visit swagger.net, then the link is there, and you can see it along the right sidebar. And we have some really great stories. Um, thank you so much for Dr. Maya Smith Edmonds, who owns Nine McDonald's. She is our cover story, so she has a really good story. Oh, wow. I mean, y'all know Nine McDonald's. Like, I really got to talk with a millionaire and just hear, you know, just like she really. Um, it was a really great interview. I enjoyed it. I'm also going to be sharing the video of that interview soon, too. Oh, so, wow. That's going to be dope. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I know it was a lie. I think I had all to say, but <laughs> that's now everything. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, next week, I want to say we have Bridget of Taylor Cares, who will be joining us to discuss MS. This month is muscular. Is it muscular? MS. I don't know why I want to say. Is it multiple sclerosis? Most multiple sclerosis. That's what it is. Okay, the I'm word saying muscle. Just really, just kind of. I was like, is it really multiple? I never thought about that before. No, it's muscular. It's muscular. It's multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I found it. How do you spell it? Multiple and S. Oh, it really is multiple. Okay. Yeah. Because then you can't make it say no. It's muscular. Okay. All right. I'm okay. wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. okay. I'm wrong. It's multiple cirrhosis. Scleros. That word. Um. So <laughs> Bridget of Delacares will be talking about her organization, her nonprofit organization, and living with MS. So make sure you join us so you can find out most information. About that, this month is Musk MS Awareness Month. So, yeah. Anywho, y'all know some words I just can't get out. I'm dyslexic. I can't pronounce them. Anyway. We all have those words. <laughs> well, we bid y'all. Oh, and Karen, you there, um, there is a thoughts email. You can contact us both there. So, all right, y'all. We will catch y'all later. Bye. Bye.